The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk. Well, now we are joined by Porik Horkin, horticulturalist and, of course, uh, a member of the Horkin Garden Centre family. Porik, good morning. Good morning to you, Pat. September, the start of September. autumn, temperatures down. So, what do we do in the garden? It's one of my favourite times of years, Pat, because as we get the cooler temperatures, we get those beautiful autumnal colours. But it's also the time for replanting. If you think what nature is doing, Pat, at the moment, it's producing its berries and its seeds and it's casting those for the next generation next season. So it it signals the time of year for planting in the garden and particularly the planting of fruit trees. So if you want delicious strawberries and blueberries and raspberries next summer and autumn, this is the time of year in September to plant them because the soil conditions are still quite warm and the roots of the plants will get into the soil and actually start to grow before we get into the depths of winter. So the planting of fruit in particular, so all the popular fruiting plants like apples, pears, plums and cherries, the strawberries that I mentioned, blueberries and a lovely variety, Pat, one for the kids. If you want a really nice blueberry plant to plant, there's a lovely variety called pink lemonade. And believe it or not, it produces pink blueberries. Beautiful flavour. You can grow it in a pot and it's a really simple variety to grow. So the planting of, we're coming into the time, of course, for planting bulbs as well, Pat. All the spring flowering bulbs go into the ground at this time of year. And autumn colour should be planted at this time of year. Plants like the cyclamen and any of the winter flowering heathers. And you can mix those with bulbs in pots and containers to give you lots of colour. So it's a very busy time in the garden. I want to ask you about raspberry uh, plants and you know how aggressively do you cut them back when they've finished fruiting well i know you have a few at home and i think from memory you've got the autumn fruiting raspberry which is the easiest one a couple of varieties one is early and the other is in the process of fruiting the problem with the 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 autumn one is that it's got a kind of a, a dusting on it like a fungus on the fruit a little bit of mould, Pat, and, and we're experiencing yeah. that this year because of the very wet weather in August. When you get that clammy, blight-type weather, you tend to get a grey mould coming on the fruit. Um, so avoid, obviously, eating those. Try to pick the healthy ones. But with autumn fruiting raspberries, as soon as you pick the fruit, you prune them right down to ground level because they produce their fruit on the current season's growth. So they fruit a little bit like the way roses grow. You prune them hard back, they come into growth, and on that growth you get the flowers, and with the with the raspberries you get the fruit. If they're summer fr- fruiting varieties, those that you're picking the fruit in June and July, you prune the stems that you take took the fruit off at that time of year, and any young developing shoots are left alone because that's where the fruit will be born next year. So autumn fruiting varieties prune severely to ground level. Summer fruiting varieties, you just remove the old fruiting wood. Um, can you ask, Porik, says Fred, what plants are suitable for slipping as cuttings? I want to add plants to my garden from cuttings that I can take from neighbours' plants, I presume, with permission. Oh, of course, of course. Well, if you think about it, most of the plants that you buy in garden centres are propagated from cuttings. So most of our, our shrubs and our hedging plants and indeed some rose varieties can be propagated from cuttings. And autumn, September, October is an ideal time. Plants like hydrangeas and spireas and bodleias can all be propagated now. You simply take pencil length cuttings and pencil thick cuttings, remove any flowers, remove all the foliage bar one leaf at the top 
dip them into a little bit of rooting powder or rooting gel, insert them into compost with a little bit of perlite added quite closely together. You can literally have them side by side and cover them with a polythene bag, something like a butcher's bag, Pat, a white milky bag, and sit them on a cool windowsill indoors or in your greenhouse tunnel or in a, you know, maybe a window in a garage area. It'll take about six or seven weeks for them to root. You can simply pot them up and you've got yourself some new plants. A question here. Um, I mean, we all know about deadheading roses, but um, yeah. this listener wants to know what about plants like lilies and agapanthus? Do I cut the seed heads off or do I let them yeah. all die so, back? No, I, I remember that the function of any plant pot is to produce seed, seed or fruit to reproduce for next year. By stopping them producing their seed, you're, you're diverting that energy back into the health of the plant itself. So with agapanthus and alliums and all the summer flowering plants, once they go out and flower, that's the time of year. That's the trigger to go out and remove the flowering stems from them. Um, so deadhead, and particularly after wet weather, like we've got in the last couple of days, if the plants are looking a bit dishevelled, the, the heads are hanging over, trim those back, and that stimulates new growth in many plants, and you'll get particularly autumn flowering plants to reflower again. Could you ask your expert, how do I kill ground ivy? It's come into my garden from next door and has spread rapidly in the ground. That's from Tom and Limerick. Well, Tom, like ground ivy, well, first of all, there's a native Irish plant called ground ivy that produces lovely little blue dainty flowers. If it's that particular plant, a little bit of hoeing will actually get rid of it. It does spread. It's a creeping plant and it can be a little bit invasive, but a light hoeing back will actually get rid of that particular plant. And remember, it is a native Irish plant. It's got these lovely little blue dainty flowers, but it does spread quite a bit. If it's common ivy, more the kind of climbing ivy or ground ivy, which again can spread with the glossy leaves. Again, you can simply cut it back. Or if you do need to use a, a, a weed killer, something like the Weed Free 360 is relatively safe to use. You can apply it to the foliage and that helps to, to kill the ivy back. So it depends what plant it is. What about convolvulus? Oh, the dreaded convolvulus pack, the bindweed, and uh, it's a perennial plant. It dies back naturally in the winter, but reemerges again. If you've got that, and particularly if it's close to plants, use something like the gel. You can get a special gel that you can apply to the leaf of the bindweed. It absorbs it back into the root and kills it off. Because bindweed, if you try to dig it up, you'll actually propagate the plant and spread it further. So a little bit of the weed killer gel, you'll get that in your local garden centre. Apply it on a dry day. It's a bit like hair gel. It goes onto the leaf of the plant and it brings it back into the root and kills the convolvulus root. I've just purchased a couple of the honeyberry fruiting plants and I'm wondering where and how to grow them. Any tips, please, asks Marvin. OK, well, Marvin, that's a, it's a, actually quite a nice plant. It's one of the in the honeysuckle family, in the Lonisra family. And hurry, honeyberries actually are very, very tolerant of cold conditions and will grow on any type of garden soil. They produce a blue berry patch, very simple, very similar to a blueberry, uh, but blueberry bushes need acid soil, whereas the honeyberry will actually grow in any type of soil or indeed in pots. You need a couple of varieties. It flowers through the winter and is best hand pollinated. So it actually comes into flower just after Christmas, flowering in January and February. There's not too many insects around then. So it's a good idea when the honeyberry is in flower to actually a little bit of a paintbrush and just paint the flowers, dab the pollen from one to the other, and that'll help to set the fruit. 
fruit and you'll pick the fruit normally about the end of May, early June. It can be pruned at that time of year, a little bit like your summer raspberries, but a very, very easy plant to grow and will grow in any type of garden soil and any location. Rose trees looking healthy, but little holes appearing. What's causing it? Well, you can get damage from uh, little pests like capsid bugs, Pash, that create these small uh, needle-like holes in the leaves. Now, look at a small bit of leaf damage on a rose bush is of no harm whatsoever. I wouldn't specifically spray just for that. Um, Remember, you are going to be deadheading the roses anyway. It's going to activate some new growth. So my advice really is, you know, put up with a little bit of leaf damage. The capsid bud is not going to set the rose plant back. It's going to be quite vigorous and grow out of that, particularly if, if you give it a, a liquid feed. So continue to deadhead your roses, continue to feed them, and that will keep them super healthy. Can you ask Porrick what bulbs I can plant with children indoors that may flower before Christmas? Ah, before Christmas, right. Well, first of all, all, all bulbs are suitable for pot, planting up in pots and containers. But if you want something to flower early, the scented hyacinths, Go to your local garden centre, ask them for the prepared scented hyacinths. They're absolutely beautiful, fabulous scents, a range of, available in a range of different colours. And if you plant them now, they'll flower within about 11 weeks. So just in time for Christmas, you can also plant up paper whites or the lovely narcissi. Um, and they come in yellow and white. And again, bulbs are great for kids, Pat, because they're very tactile. They're easy to plant. And within a couple of weeks, they can see them growing and it really gets them interested. So scented hyacinths or paper whites would be perfect. I have a copper beech tree planted two years ago, only ever gets to bud stage, never to leaf. Similar Ah. trees sown in the same ground have flourished. Is there anything I can do to progress its growth? Okay, so two things that copper beech or beech in general dislike. First of all is wet ground. So if the ground gets wet, particularly in the winter months, it will set the plants back. And even within this, the same garden, you can have actually a damp area that the and, and that will basically destroy the roots of the plant and you'll get just initiating of buds, but the plant won't come into leaves. So it could be that. Or secondly, if the beech is planted too deeply, if you've actually put it into the ground too deeply, again, you'll get the same symptoms. So my advice is to leave it alone at the moment, lift it this autumn, anytime from November onwards, the beech tree could be relifted again. If it's quite damp, raise the soil level, but certainly replant it at a higher level on the stem. And I think that's what's causing the problem here, Pat. You'll know by next May it'll be back into leaf if it's if it's going to flourish. If not, replace it with a new plant. A question for Porrick. We have huge trees at the back of our garden in Port Marnock. It's a northeastern facing garden. They take up so much space in the garden and keep growing every year. Would Porrick suggest removing the trees altogether and therefore losing the privacy or perhaps cutting off the lower branches to leave just the trunks on the lower part or would doing that kill the trees? We'd like to take back some space for the kids to play in and to have a seating area. That's from Jen. Yeah, well, look at... It depends on what tree it is. Trees like conifers dislike heavy pruning. Uh, Other trees will tolerate quite heavy pruning like maples and lime trees and so on. So it really depends on the variety of tree that's actually planted. My advice really is to get one of the local tree surgeons to come in and give advice directly on site. Um, But certainly there are varieties of trees that tolerate pruning and others just that completely dislike it. So it really depends what the trees are. Tom and Dublin says, I have a weed, I think it's called mile a minute in my back garden. Yes. No matter what I do, yeah. I can't get rid of it. Any help would be appreciated. Well, mile a minute spreads literally a mile a minute. It grows very, very fast. Um, again, 
you, unless you hoe it on a regular basis or use one of the proprietary uh, weed killers, weed controls, Pat. But hoeing on a regular basis helps to control it. Uh, another one here. Could Porrick suggest a good hedge for a seaside and rather windy area? Well, the best hedge for particularly exposed windy areas in seaside areas, you've got two things to to contend with. First of all, the salt in the air, which is very caustic and will burn many plants and also the high level of wind. And the best hedging plant, in my experience, for exposed seaside areas is a plant called Iliagnus ebengii. It's often called silver edge because it's got these beautiful silver foliage. It's evergreen. It will tolerate pruning at any height. So you can grow to five, six, seven or eight feet. You'll often see it planted in areas of Lewisburg and Ackle because it tolerates the salt air. So it's a variety called Iliagnus abengii. Makes a really dense, thick hedge, silver foliage, little white flowers, a terrific hedge for seaside areas. The other options are Grisselinia, the apple green Grisselinia, which is quite tough as well. Fuchsia makes a beautiful hedge. It is deciduous, but it's fabulous right through the summer and again will tolerate the salt and the wind. So for me, fuchsia, grisselinia, or if it's really exposed, Iliagnus abengii. How should I mind my hydrangea over the winter? Both of them are small, but have bloomed beautifully over the summer. Yeah, well, I mean, hydrangeas are generally they're, they're the type of plant that you leave alone. There are two distinct types, Pat. There are the mop head hydrangea, which is the old traditional hydrangea. We prune it normally about the end of March, removing the wood that flowered this year and allowing the young growth to come on. Um, if it's the paniculata varieties like phantom or bobo or vanilla freeze, they're actually pruned quite severely in winter like a rose bush. So you reduce them right back to ground level in any time from November onwards. So it depends on the variety of hydrangea. But to be honest with both of them, if you leave the, pr- the pruning over till springtime, do the pruning then, give them a feed, they'll be perfectly fine. And they're such an easy plant to grow. And there's a plant that you could propagate from cuttings at this time of year. A final one, Porik. Uh, can I sow a new lawn now? And what lawn seed is easy to grow and good for pets and kids? In other words, hard wearing. Okay, well, apart from today, the the September is a perfect time for sowing the seed of of lawns. And my advice really is to use something like the green velvet. Lawn seed, when you buy a pot, is generally a blend of different varieties. And green velvet has dwarf creeping grasses and dwarf grasses within the mix. So it's very hard wearing, ideal for for children or or pets to to run on, obviously once it has germinated. And my other tip is, to put in some preceding lawn fertilizer before you put on the seed. And once the grass is about an inch high, you need to mow it because grass will not start to fill in until it actually is trimmed back. So once it'll take about 14 days to germinate. And once it's about an inch high, get the mower on it and give it a trim. Porrick Horkin, thank you very much for all of that advice. and that's.